A very good morning to all of you. What a pleasure that we can be able to meet once again. It is God's love and kindness that gives us uh, the ability to enjoy fellowship as we do today. Well, we are going to study the Word of God, and my subject today is fruit is the mark of discipleship. Fruit is the mark of discipleship. Let me just read from the uh, book of uh, John 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let me repeat that. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And Proverbs 11 verse 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves life. And John chapter 15 verse 12, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful presence in our midst. Lord, your word has given us a promise that where two or three are gathering in your name, there you will be in their midst. And thank you, Lord, that you are here through your work in each and every one of us by the Holy Spirit to make us understand, to make us learn your business, make us understand what you have in store for us and what you want us to accomplish in this world. Thank you, Lord, that we are not here in vain, but that we are here for the fulfillment of your purpose. So, Lord, guide us today and give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Bible is very clear. Jesus makes a, a very, very powerful statement in John chapter 15, verse 8. And uh, he says that fruit is the mark of discipleship. We show ourselves to be disciples of the Lord if we bear fruit. In fact, not just fruit, but much fruit. And, uh, of course, that will bring glory to the Father. And I will come to that a little bit later. Now, fruit is something that is very, very important in our lives. Maybe we have never thought about it, but life without fruit is impossible. You see, when God created, he created everything with seed in it, whether it is the vegetation, you know, there were fruits, like, like all the, the grain that is growing and that keeps us alive, you know, I mean, whether it's maize or wheat or any other grain, you know, we, we eat from that every day, isn't it? Now imagine there is no, there's no fruit. Then 
what are we going to eat? But it's true also with all the creatures that God has created, all of the creatures have got seed inside of them. Even we as human beings, we have got seed inside of us. And that is true in the natural, but it is also even more true in the spiritual uh, realm. And I think it's very important that we understand that. So fruit keeps us alive. Without fruit, we cannot survive. We are just at the beginning of the rainy season. And of course, we are looking for rain because the rain makes the seed grow, makes the seed multiply. And only when that happens can we be able to have a harvest at the end of the day and be able to nourish ourselves. You know, when there is drought, when there is famine, then everybody suffers. So fruit, as you can see, is absolutely essential. Fruit is life. But fruit also energizes us. It gives us the energy that we want. You know, if you have not eaten for several days and you're hungry and you begin to eat, then it brings you back an energy. It also refreshes. And to bear fruit, not is given to us. God wants us to bear fruit, not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. You know, when you look at uh, the fruits that is growing, the fruit never eats itself. It's always eaten by somebody else. And so God wants us to bear fruit, not just to benefit from it ourselves, and of course we do when we bear fruit, but actually we are meant to benefit other people. That is really what we want to uh, capture this morning. Now, God has created and commanded us to bear fruit, such fruit that will last. So, fruit is the purpose of our life, okay? For that, we were created, and we were commanded. So, in other words, this is not just something that we can or cannot do according to our own personal wishes. This is God's design for each and every one of us. That we, that we, you know, bear fruit and that we are able to bring this rich harvest into the world that God has given to us. If there is no future, if there's no fruit, there is no future either. Okay? Imagine uh, there would be no harvest anymore. That would be the end of all of us. You know, we, we, we have learned to do a lot of things, but one thing we have not been able to master as human beings, and that is to create our food that we need to eat. That we still need to depend on God's grace every, every season that God gives us the rain, that God gives us the seed, and that he is providing us a harvest. If that would not be there, we would not be going anywhere. So we must understand that very, very clearly. Now, the father... The Bible tells us the Father is the gardener. Let me just read from John chapter 15 and verse 1. Jesus says, I'm the true wine, and my Father is the gardener. Okay, so we understand there are two elements that God tells us here, that Jesus is, is, is highlighting here. Okay? Of course, we understand a tree is important because without a tree there will not be anything growing. But then also a gardener is important because a gardener is going to remove the weeds. A gardener is making sure that uh, whatever obstacle there may be it will be removed. 
And the Bible tells us very clearly that God is the gardener. You know, God is the one who has created all things, and he makes sure that his creation is growing in the way that he has intended it to grow. So Jesus says, okay, I'm the vine. That means whatever you require, whatever grace needs to come into your life, it will flow from me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Okay? But on the other hand, there's a gardener who is making sure that everything will grow to the very design that God had in mind in the first place. And uh, there's a word that is very tough, you know. Let me just read this. Uh, John 15, verse 2. Okay. Speaking about the gardener. The gardener cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Hey, this seems to be tough, isn't it? So, in other words, this is not a maybe or maybe not. This is a statement, and we need to take it as a statement of truth because Jesus is the, way, the one saying it to us. He says, if there should be a branch in me, he's not talking about branches anywhere else, but the branch in Christ that is not bearing fruit, then there's no other destiny for that branch but to get it cut off, okay? Branches that do not bear fruit do not get entertained. They get cut off. That seems to be very, very tough because, you know, we, we always think, uh, you know, God is a God of mercy, is a God of love, so even if we don't produce, he will just somehow uh, look over it, you know, and forget about it. No, 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 it's not true. God tells us very clearly. Jesus makes it very, very clear that we are there, we are in this world, we are planted in Christ when we came to know Jesus, our Lord, as Savior and Lord, so that we bear fruit. This is the purpose of our life, okay? And if we do not fulfill that purpose, then there's no need for us, okay? So, bear fruit or die. It's your choice, okay? If it is too tough, I can't help it. This is what Jesus said. So the, the, the father is the gardener who cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Hey, this is powerful. So in other words, even if there is little fruit in you, there's good news because God the Father makes sure that that little will be harnessed into greater fruit. And of course, that is what God has in mind. That is what he desires in all of us, that we bear much fruit. Now, he says, Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. That's wonderful, isn't it? Jesus has given us his word and his word is cleansing us. You know, even today as we are listening to uh, the word of God, it is like a shower. You know, it is removing certain stains in our life. And that's what God does continuously. And that's why we need to expose ourselves to the word of God continuously. So that we are being refreshed, so that we are being cleansed. And, you know, Jesus tells his disciples, you are already clean. Because my word has, has done the job. My word is, is doing a marvelous work in every single one 
of us who are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, he says these very powerful words, which I talked about even last week, remain in me, then I will remain in you also, and you will bear much fruit. Okay? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. So in other words, the lifeline comes from the vine. Okay? The sap comes from uh, the roots of the vine. We can never bear fruit in uh, absence to the vine. Okay? No matter how clever we are, no matter how much we have learned, that is not the issue. The issue is that we must have been rooted and we must remain rooted in Jesus Christ our Lord because he is the one supplying all the needs that are there. So lasting fruit grows from Christ. Okay? That's why it's important that we are here today to link up with the Lord. That's why it's important that we read the scriptures continuously, not just on a Sunday. That is why it's important that we have a relationship, a living relationship with Jesus Christ because through him that life flow reaches us and we, we will see that the fruit that he has, you know, that he, the, the seed that he has put into our hearts will definitely be able to, to germinate and it will grow because of that same work that he does in us. So lasting fruit grows from Christ. But there is also fruit that is not lasting. Okay? That's why there is a very great emphasis here when Jesus says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Okay? And he talks about fruit that will last. Not fruit that will be here today and gone tomorrow. Okay? That's very important. You see, in the world, <clears throat> there is a lot of fruit that does not last, okay? People have made great success. People have built uh, empires, you know, nations have built uh, skyscrapers. Uh, even the tiniest of nations have been able to attract uh, the the. the, the, uh, the high society from the rest of the world and they all come there to do their gambling and do their thing, you know, and, and they look to be very successful. Very, very successful. There's a lot of money in some of these places. And I don't want to mention names. I think you know, if you are, if you are just looking around in our world, there are spots which are very rich. Absolutely rich. But that is not fruit that will last. Okay? This is stuff that is being manufactured by the ability of man. Now, God has given us ability even in the natural, but the natural things that we produce comes from our nature, which is a fallen nature, which is a sinful nature, and that fruit will not last. Okay? That fruit, actually Jesus even doesn't classify it as fruit. Uh, maybe it could be classified as weeds from his perspective, but of course we think it's fruit when in fact, be, in, in fact it is not. So it, 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 the one who looks to be successful may not be the one who is successful. Okay? Because the question is, is what is somebody producing, is it going to last? 
or is it going to evaporate when the sun comes up? You know, there is dew on the, on the plants, and uh, when the sun is coming up, it all evaporates very, very quickly. And a lot of fruit, so-called fruit, is such kind of fruit that does not last. Now, Jesus is talking about fruit that lasts, okay? And that is the fruit that can only be produced from the very source of grace that comes from the vine himself, from Christ. Without him, it can't be there. So our purpose in this world is to make the seed of God in us visible, okay? God has put seed into our lives. Now, in the natural, we all know that, you know, we can be able to bear fruit. Uh, we can multiply as human beings. Uh, and I'm not just talking about population multiplication, as I said the other day, but also we can multiply our knowledge, our ability to think, and, and you know, a lot of things that we can do. But when we are born again, and that is what is important, you know, the seed that God puts into our lives when we come to Jesus is far outstripping the, fee, the, the, the seed in the natural. So what God puts into you and me or what God has put in your life when you were born out of God, when you came to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, is a treasure that is waiting to be seen in this world, okay? It may not be seen right now, or maybe a little bit is seen, you know, but much more is to be seen, you know? And let me, let me make this clear, you know? Uh, it takes a lifetime, okay? It takes a lifetime to make all that seed that God has put into us in our spiritual life visible inside of us as it begins to grow. But you don't have to wait until the end of your life because, you know, a lifetime is made up of seasons. A lifetime is made up of years, okay? And in every season, you're supposed to bear fruit. And so every time God, you know, gives you another season, there are certain things that he wants to bring to visibility in your life through you. Okay, there are certain things, certain gifts and certain talents that no one else has got except you. And that's why, you know, the Bible is so clear. Jesus makes it so clear that when we bear that fruit, it brings glory to the Father. Okay, because it's not to our glory because after all, the seed was not ours. And yet the seed has got all the information that is required in order to produce the harvest. Okay, so all we need to do is just let the seed be put to work and multiply and become visible in all of us. The Bible says that the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. That is in Proverbs chapter eleven thirty. Okay, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. And the one who is wise saves life. Now, uh, I know a little bit about tree, okay? And uh, every time I, I visit my place of birth, I'm looking around and see whether this, the trees are still there. And they are still there, okay? These trees have been producing fruits 
ever since, I think maybe 50 years or more. I remember when I planted some of these trees, uh, I was expecting they would give me fruits next year. Of course, they didn't give me fruit next year. Okay, sometimes we are a bit impatient, and I was still young. I was a, I was a boy, so I, I thought, you know, I, I, because there were certain trees that were not found in our gardens and in our, in our farm, so I, I wanted some trees where I wanted to enjoy the fruits of. And so I asked mom, and they said, I want to, uh, to build such a tree, uh, to, to, to plant such a tree. And she said, okay, go ahead. She told me where to plant it, I planted it. Okay, first year nothing, second year nothing, third year nothing, because it was still a very tiny uh, uh, tree, you know. But eventually, it started, you know, sprouting. It started, finally, when the tree came into full production, into full bloom, I was gone. But lo and behold, others have enjoyed the fruits. And they keep on enjoying the fruits. You know, when I go and visit, I check whether the tree is there and what it does, and it still produces fruit after 50, more than 50 years. Imagine. And I'm not the one benefiting from that tree, but I'm happy because it is producing day in or year in and year out, it produces fruits. And you know, this is what God wants us to do. So don't just produce fruit for your selfish interest, but produce fruit to bless others. So the Bible says, the fruit of the righteous, and I say it again, you know, when I talk about the righteous, I speak about you, you who are founded and grounded in Christ, our Savior and Lord. We are righteous, not by our own doing, but we are made righteous by the work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the one who saved us. He's the one who brought us out of darkness into his wonderful life. You know, he made us, uh, he, he transformed us from sinners into saints. Okay? And there's nothing else you need to do. You don't have to prove, you know, maybe you have to work out some miracles for you to be considered a saint. Actually, no. You are saint because of what Christ has done for you. Amen? That's wonderful. So the Bible says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Now imagine, I have talked to, to you about a tree that I planted a lot of many years ago, more than 50 years ago, and it's still producing fruit, and some people enjoy it. I don't because I'm too far away. Okay, but others enjoy that fruit. Now, that is just an ordinary tree, okay? But the Bible talks about the tree of life. So in other words, you and me, we are called to be the righteous who are, who are producing fruits, you know, and it's a tree of life. It's not just a tree, but it's a tree of life. And you know, the tree of life is a continuous flow of life. That means life is a continuous outpouring on that, on that tree. And that's what God wants all of us to be. The righteous, you know, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. Because every fruit, every, every fruit is going to have seed again and it continues, uh, you know, perpetually into growing more and more harvests. So we are not supposed to be just self-centered to save ourselves or to, 
to, to gain the goodies that we want. No, actually, we who are called to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to bear fruit that is a tree of life and that is bringing salvation to others. And the one who is wise, the one who walks in the ways of the Lord, he will bring such words, such encouragement, such powerful input into the lives of others that life and salvation will be the result of their work and their deeds. And that is what God desires. So fruit from the vine translates into energy. Okay? As, as I've said earlier on, you know, when you have not eaten and you are tired and you're weak, you know, you eat a good meal and you become strong. You know, it gives you energy. That's what it does. And the vine, the fruit from the vine, that is what we produce from Christ. That is bringing energy and, and, and refreshment into our world from above to the people that we are meeting with. And today, you know, it is my desire that energy will come into your life, that refreshment will come to your life, that life will be there overflowing in each and every one of us. Now, bearing fruit defeats the selfishness that we human beings all have, you know, in order to serve others. You see, this is the, 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 the word that God is telling us in, in, in the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible tells us that Jesus has come uh, to bring good news, okay? And one of the things that he does, he will open prison doors. He will... He will bring freedom for the prisoners and recover, recovery of sight for the blind, okay? To release the oppressed. You see, one of the things that we must understand is that when we are without Christ, we are imprisoned, okay? We are imprisoned in our own selfishness. There are, there are walls around us that are, do not release us. You know, there are some people who are so extremely rich that they could really help the world to, to, to recover from a lot of uh, immediate needs. Okay, I, I just heard uh, that the World Food Program, which is out of money, has been uh, knocking at the doors of the super rich and says, can you help us? Can you not give us a bit of money, uh, money to, to help those people who are dying? Because there are people who are close to starvation. And uh, one of the person who is always good for a, a new story is uh, Elon Musk. I think you have heard of him, isn't it? So Elon Musk is a multi, not millionaire, but billionaire. Okay, and he, he, he said, okay, I'm going to give you, uh, I think, $6 billion, provided you tell me exactly how this money is going to be spent and how you, how, what kind of money you need. Okay, check it out. On, on the news channels or on, on, on Google, it will be there. I don't know whether he's really giving it or whether he's just pulling their legs. But he said, I'm, I'm willing to sell my, some of my shares. And you know, he has got the, uh, the, 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 the company called Tesla, which you know, makes cars which are not found in Zambia because they're electric cars and we don't have any electric infrastructure, okay? But they're very expensive cars. They're not producing a lot of cars like Toyota or VW or many others. But they are, the, the, the company has got more, is more valuable than all of these other country, uh, companies together. 
So the chap is extremely rich. Okay? I don't think you can even imagine how rich is rich. You know, some of us, we think, I want to be rich, and what you are thinking is maybe having a, a few million of pressure. But I, I want to tell you, you know, this man is, is so rich that he has got billions and billions of dollars. You know, you know that's why he can build rockets to go into space and things like that. You know, uh, this is his hobby, okay? So he said, I'm going to give six billion dollars. I hope he will do it. Of course, it will not save, save all the problems in the world, but it will keep some people from starving to death. Okay, now that's, that may be good. But you see, most people, especially the rich, they don't want to give anything away. You know, if, if, you, if you have a need, you better go to somebody who is not so rich. They are, they are willing to share with you much easier than the rich. The rich have built walls around them to protect what they have. That's why they don't even want to pay tax, okay? The super rich are so good, they are hiring all the, 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 the best minds to make them save taxes. Because they are greedy. And greed, greed is a prison, you understand? Greed is imprisoning people. And that's why the world is the way it is. You know, it, there is no equality in this world. You know, if there would be equality, there would be no hunger. Everybody would have enough to eat. Everybody would be thriving. But because money is only hoarded up in few people's pockets who are putting walls around themselves to protect what they have, that's why others cannot be helped, because the money is not there. So let's understand, when Jesus came, he, he, he did say very clearly that he came to preach good news. He was anointed to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind. You know. Freedom for the prisoners. And you know, sometimes we think that the prisoners are those who are, you know, uh, in, a, in a bad situation, those who are behind bars. And yes, of course, they are prisoners. But Jesus is not just looking at them. Jesus is looking even at people who have erected, you know, prisons around themselves, who are, who are imprisoned by their, their sinful lifestyle, by their greed. And you know, when, when Jesus touches a person like that, such a person can be of great, of great blessings to others around him. Let's hope Elon Musk is keeping his word, and I pray that really Jesus comes to uh, open his prison doors, you know, that he becomes uh, free from the greed of, of money. Okay, but you don't need necessarily to be super rich to be greedy, you know. Even poor people manage to be greedy. Okay, it's true. It's very true. You know, what we must learn is that God has brought us into this world to give, to be a blessing, to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Very, very important. Okay? In fact, 
Scripture tells us in the book of Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord's. Okay? So in other words, we must understand that everything that we are keeping to ourselves is not all of all our, our own property. In fact, God says, some of it is mine. Okay? I keep it to myself. Okay? While everything comes from God, God says 10%, you better don't eat because otherwise you are putting yourself under judgment because that is mine. And the Bible tells us in the book of Malachi very clearly that if we are eating the tithes of God, you know, we are like thieves. And you know what happens to thieves. Okay, so it's very difficult for so many of us, even people who have listened to the word of God for, for years and years, it's so difficult for us to be faithful with our ties, which is actually not ours. And even the 90% that God says you can take it and leave it and eat from it, it is actually meant for you to become a blessing to others. And let me tell you, your gift will make space for you, will make room for you. Whatever seed God has planted into your life, that is going to give you an avenue of how you can become a blessing to others. So we need to learn that lesson that actually we own nothing. Okay, because everything has come from God. You know, uh, God says, silver and gold is mine. You know, the cattle on the south hills are mine. You know, somebody may say, that's my title deed. That these cattle belong to me. And God says, no, they're not belonging to you. They belong to me. Because God is the one who created every creature. Okay, God is the one who created this us. Okay, we, 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 we were good in slicing it up and making, making plots out of it and then we, 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 we sell them for a lot of money. But in actual fact, one day we have to stand before God and give, to, uh, give an account to him because everything belongs to him. And whatever grows, God says, 10%, don't even keep it, but give it to me straight. Question, are you doing that? Okay. Now you say, I know me, I have no land. Okay, what about your job? It's a piece of land. It pays you. Okay? It bears a harvest. And you can't run away from that. God has given you the strength. God has given you the brains. God has given you the ability to do what you're doing. Are you paying your tithes? Don't swallow what belongs to God. You do it for your own for your own troubles okay that's a serious word actually it's not part of my subject but God just uh, wanted me to say this today okay because there are so many of us who have not learned that and I should know better because I see how we are doing financially and often we are struggling not because we are supposed to struggle because some people have built walls around themselves they are greedy like the world is greedy. And we are not supposed to be like the world. Okay? So our spiritual fruit is designed to serve others. Okay? God has given you fruits. 
And I'm not talking about the natural. I'm talking about the spiritual fruit. You know, when we, are, when we were born, we were born with certain seeds in our lives so that we can multiply in the natural. But when we were born again, again God has put seed into our lives. Gifts, spiritual gifts, you know. Uh, words of encouragement. You know, we are, we are unique. There's nobody like you. Nobody is like me, okay? You can go throughout the whole world and you will not find another Pastor Reuter, you know? Whether you like it or not, but that, you, you have to put up with me. There's no second one, okay? And there's no one like you either. And the reason is because God has uniquely gifted you, uniquely equipped you, uniquely you know, embraced you to bring forth a certain harvest, a certain fruit that no one can bear except you. So let us not forget to keep our focus, not just on ourselves, but to focus on God's world, okay, on others as well. We are called to serve. You know, Jesus said, the one who wants to be greatest among you is this, should be the servant of all. And Jesus was truly the servant of all. He didn't think of himself. He thought of us in this world. Now, seed has been deposited into all of us for the purpose of bearing fruit. You know, let me just read this uh, scripture from the book of Genesis. Okay, and I'm just reading a short uh, passage. You can actually read further and find out that what I'm reading is uh, just one section, but it's true for so many other things as well. Genesis chapter, chapter 11 says, Then God said, let the land produce vegetation. Okay, so God spoke a creative act into being. God said, let the land produce vegetation. Seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it. Now, we, we may not be able to have the full view of everything that, you know, the world, this earth produces. If you think about seeds or fruits, you know, probably our focus is on what grows in our region. But if you go around the world, you will find there are so many other uh, seed-bearing plants, okay? There are so many other trees. It's absolutely amazing, okay? And there are trees, you know, who don't bear fruit, but they still produce seeds so that they are going to multiply themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Okay, they are powerful, mighty trees. And of course, they give you shade and they will give you timber, okay? In fact, in, in Zambia, we have a problem because we are cutting our trees down at a very high rate and we are not planting enough trees. In fact, we should plant more trees than we, than we cut because actually we have seen a deforestation, not only in Zambia, but in many parts of the world. In fact, in Brazil, where there is the Amazon rainforest, you know, just in one year, they have cut a, a big portion out of that forest again, and that forest is the lung, you know, that is, 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 is making our air good for the whole world. So we are in trouble. So we need to, be, to, to, to plant more trees. If you have a piece of land, if you have got some space somewhere, please plant some trees. 
you will leave a legacy for yourself. Because these trees, people will say, brother so-and-so has, or sister so-and-so has planted that tree. Okay? That tree will be there long after you're gone and will continue to be a blessing. So God says that he is, you know, bringing the vegetation into being, seed-bearing plants, tree, trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And we know God's creation is very manifold. There are so many different things that God has created, powerful things. Okay? God did that to show us that even we are created in a manifold way. Okay? We are not the same like anybody else. We are uniquely created by God. Okay? So God is saying, The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Now, if you would free, read further, he said similar things about the birds in the air, uh, the, 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 the uh, animals that walk on the, on the earth, on the ground, the, the, the fish and the, the various uh, creatures that are in the sea, all of them God created with seed in it. Okay? If, if he did create anything that had no seed, then it would not be existing after it died. Isn't it? Because God created only once. And everything is sustaining itself and continues to continue with uh, their life that is in that original uh, creature. So God desires that we are like those plants that produce. You know, we are so, we are so blessed. We don't, we don't fully realize how blessed we are. Okay? Because we just put the seed into the ground, and out of the few seeds that we put in the ground, we get 60-fold, 80-fold, even 100-fold. There's a multiplication taking place there. And God wants the seed that is in you and me, that is in all of us, should be also bring forth multiplication and bring forth many wonderful good things for others. Be a blessing to others. All you need to do is keep close to Christ. Like Jesus said, you in me and I'm in you. Okay? I have heard many people say, Christians, Okay, I'm not talking about the outsiders. I'm talking Christians. People who have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They says, but I don't have a gift. I don't know anything. I don't know how, what, what I can do. First of all, it's not true. There's no human being who has no gift. Okay, so please don't say that. It's very important that we get rid of our poverty mentality. Please. Okay, tell your neighbor, get rid of the poverty mentality in your life. Because we are not poor, we are extremely rich. Because God made us rich. Okay? It's not coming from money, it's not a question of money. But God gave us so much that he planted inside of us. Okay? 
But we need to let that seed grow. Okay? So there is much more in you than you realize. But even if you think you can't do anything, you know, take your Bible, read your Bible, and if you find somebody who is downcast, read a scripture. You know, if there's nothing else you can do, this you can do. You can't tell me. Can't do this. Are you with me? You know somebody who is sick. Go there and speak a word of encouragement. Read to them what Jesus has done for us. Amen? You can't tell me you can't do that. Okay? Otherwise you are, you are lying. And you know, the liars are remaining outside. Okay, so let us do what we can. And you know, I tell you, when you use what God has given to you, even in a very small way, God will make it grow. God will multiply it. God will make a way for it. Amen? You see, we, we, we all start small. We don't start big. But eventually, God will make things grow. And that's the wonderful thing. You know, sometimes you wonder, how did this all happen? You know, many people have asked me, you know, you, 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 you can easily speak because you are rich. And I tell them, you have no clue. Because even today, I'm rich in my heart, but I'm not rich in quatches. Or any other currency for that matter. But you know, if you would see my, my, my way, and there are a few of, of, of you who are here who have been with us from, the, from a long time ago, maybe 30 years ago. You know, we started very small. Very small. And this is what the Bible says. You start from small beginnings. It doesn't matter whether you are small, smaller than you can ever imagine, but start. Start being a blessing. Start letting flow what you have. And God will give it increase. You see, there was a call between, uh, uh, with the, with the, amongst the Corinthians who, who were calling who is more important, whether it is Paul, whether it's Peter, or whether it's Jesus, you know, and, and uh, they had all these divisions and even made groups amongst themselves because they were fighting each other. And, and Paul said, you're foolish, you know. I've come to plant, Apollos made, uh, has watered the plant, and, and Peter is doing his own thing, but at the end of the day, God makes everything grow. So the glory is not for the man over the woman that has been able to do a certain thing, but the glory always goes to God. That's why the Bible says, you know, if you bear fruit, this is to my Father's glory. Amen? Because the fruit that we bear is a testimony of God's seed in us, a testimony of the manifold wisdom of God that will produce a harvest according to its own kind. You know, if this was true for the, for the various uh, different kinds of uh, vegetation, it is true for us too. We are all different and we are producing differently according to God's kind in us. Amen? Powerful. So, remember, it may take a lifetime to make it more visible and make the field really look rich, but start where you are. Amen? Start where you are. You can't wait for tomorrow. Let your seed grow today. You know, that's what Jesus says. That's what the Word of God says in the book of Hebrew. When you hear the Word of God, don't harden your heart. But today, let it be able to do the work that God has 
intended it to do. <clears throat> so remember, no one of us can say, I've got nothing, because we are all richly blessed by our God. Fruit will make a way for itself to expand. Okay, if you put a seed into the ground, seed can be very tiny, isn't it? But you put that seed into the ground, and it begins to grow. And it makes space for itself, okay? And in fact, the soil is making room for the seed to grow and uh, be able to produce. Amazing. I'm sure some of you are, are planting different kind of uh, things in your garden. And uh, some of the things, you know, like the grains, like maize and, 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 and wheat and uh, that kind of, uh, of, of, of uh, grain, uh, the, the, the fruit is on top. But there are others which are going inside, okay, who are, who are going to uh, grow in the, in the ground, okay? I, I think you understand. But even so, the seed is very small that you are putting into the ground, like potatoes, you know. You, you put a seed into the ground, but the potatoes manage to make space for themselves, isn't it? And there are so many different kinds of, of plants that God has given to us. You know, we, we had, uh, in, in where I grew up, we didn't have sugar cane. We had sugar beets. And sugar beets could grow like that, you know, about that size, big. But when they were planted, they were just little seeds. But they managed to make space for themselves inside the ground. And of course, there are all different kinds of, uh, of, 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 of vegetables that you eat. They have grown inside the ground. They have made room for themselves. And in the same way, the gift that God has given you, the seed that God has planted inside of you, let it grow. It will make space for itself. Amen? So be courageous and let the fruit grow inside of you. Your, free, your fruit will testify of the seed that God gave you. And you know, this is to the Father's glory because all that which we are producing shows the greatness of our gods. Okay? And that's why Jesus says, don't just bear a little fruit, but bear much fruit because there is much seed inside of you. You are extremely rich. Okay, otherwise Jesus would not say that. Okay. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. He wouldn't say that if it would not be possible. He says it because he knows the plentiness of the seed that is in each and every... Amen. Now let me read to you that scripture again. You know, I've read it in the beginning and I just want to quickly repeat it. Five, John 5.13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you a servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Praise God. Isn't that powerful? God has given you knowledge. Knowledge is powerful. Knowledge can be able to produce richly. Okay? Richly. 
Okay? So Jesus says you are not servants because a servant does not know his master's business. But I've told you my business. Okay? And the business is that we are branches on the vine and that we bear fruit. This is the reason why we are here. This is our purpose. So don't miss your purpose, but understand this is the desire of God in your life, in fact, in the life of all of us. When Jesus came, he carried healing in his wings, as the Bible says, deliverance in his wings. Very powerful, okay? While nobody could see this when he was young and grew up in Nazareth, and even when he finally started his ministry, you know, there was amazing variety of seed in Christ, and he was about to let it work itself out. The only one who could see it at one time was John the Baptist who says, you are the Lamb of God who carries away the sin of the world. But otherwise, nobody recognized it. And even John the Baptist forgot it very soon again when he had problems and he was in prison. And he said, is it you we are supposed to wait for or is there another one coming? You know, they were waiting for the Messiah and he was wondering, is he the one? Even so, he had that powerful revelation. You know, people could not see that Christ is the savior of the world. Now Jesus laid down his life and many thought it was a life wasted. Remember the disciples who were walking to Amos? They said, you know, he, he was doing so many good and we thought, we thought he was the Messiah. He was the one who, who would save the people from their sins and now he's dead. And after all, today is the third day. So in other words, they had said, ah, life wasted. But they were wrong. Because the one who was walking with them, the one they were talking to, was the very Christ. Amen? Jesus bore the fruit of salvation for all of mankind. He was not self-centered. In fact, the reason why he came was to bring us salvation. He would not have come into this world if he, were not, if he never had fallen into sin. But he came because he knew we could not help ourselves. So he bore fruits, fruit that lasted and that lasts even up today and even to the very ends of the world. Okay, today... We are celebrating Holy Communion. We're coming to the table of the Father, okay? And we still benefit as we come to the table because on the table we find grace, okay? We have emblems of the breads. Okay? It's an em bread is an emblem. It talks about the broken body of Christ. We, we, we have the emblem of the blood, the juice that we drink. And it's just talking about the precious blood that Jesus has shed for us. Jesus was in this world more than 2,000 years ago, but we are still benefiting today. 
we are still receiving grace from the throne of God by coming to the Father's table. And let me tell you, <clears throat> when we come to the table, there is a flow of inexhaustible grace. You know, something that never finishes, that never runs out. And Jesus shows us what it means to bear fruit. Jesus heard uh, uh, his disciple Peter saying, you know, when he told him that I have to suffer, I have to go to Jerusalem and I have to die. And, and Peter said, this must not happen to you, not at all. I'm going to make sure it will not happen. Okay? Peter had no clue what he was talking about. And Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground, it will never bear fruit. And yes, Jesus was that seed that was falling into the ground. And he was not bearing fruit once, but he's still bearing fruit every day for each and every one of us. The grace still flows from the vine. And we are the branches in the vine. And brothers and sisters, God is looking for fruit in our lives. Our father is the vine, the, 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 the gardener, and he is going to cut off that which is not bearing fruit. And so let us not be useless branches on the vine, but let us be branches that bear fruit. And it doesn't matter, even if it's a little bit, you know, the, the father, the gardener will make sure that he makes you grow more and more and more. He will prune a few things so that the flow of the grace will be lit to where it matters most. Okay? And the Bible tells us very clearly that on the fruits we should be recognized. Okay? The Bible tells us very clearly that those who are just talking, those who have, have a lot of uh, words but no deeds, you know, uh, you shall recognize them on their, on their, on their fruits. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says, Make a, a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruits. Okay? At one time, Jesus said, watch out for the false prophets. And he talks about the fruit that makes you understand that somebody is right or wrong. Whether somebody is a good prophet or a false prophet. <clears throat> he says, they come to you in sheep's clothes, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, false prophets. And the Bible, Jesus says, by their fruits, you shall recognize them. So we can recognize the good fruits that Jesus has brought for us, that Jesus has left for us. And let us take an example of what Christ has done for us. You see, fruit is the mark of discipleship. Okay, when we bear much fruit, we show that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we bear lasting fruit, fruit that does not come from us, but that comes from the seed that God has planted into our lives, then glory comes to our Father in heaven. So today, 
as we are celebrating Holy Communion, we are so very much blessed because we can partake of the flow of God's grace. It's flowing to us even so we have never paid for it. God has paid the price for it. And it comes to us freely. And brothers and sisters, just like Jesus says, freely you have received. Let us not forget also to be able to freely give to others. Okay? Seed that God allows us to grow into a mighty harvest is not just for you to swallow it up for yourself, but to bless others around you. May you become a source of blessings to many people around you. Those you know, and some of them you don't know, maybe who are very far, but because that seed is continuing to reverberate in this world, it will touch many people's lives, which you may not even know about. May God bless you. Amen. So let us be true disciples by bearing the fruits that God has given us seed for. May God bless you. Amen.